Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Hickey Kwanu, left tackle for the Carolina Panthers, joining us here in Spartanburg, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're hmm. talking offensive lineman to offensive lineman here. I was a tackle at Wake Forest, okay? Uh, same here. I was on the right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was I got noodle arms, man. At you know Wake Forest. And so I told them that, one, there's no more important player on the offense, but I told them one of the worst, most anxiety-inducing plays in football is when we get beat off the edge because it's going to be a highlight. That's the difference between the left tackle and the right tackle. The right tackle gets beat. The quarterback can see it, try to make a little move. He can protect himself. He's okay. We get beat. It's going to be sack fumble. Coaches looking at you. You want to run to the other side. You're like, all right, man, I know. Or you just tell them, I know, I know, I know. Or sometimes the guys are so good on that side that you have to go against. You tell the coach, okay, you block him then if you want to, uh, you know, get on me that bad. But, Icky, welcome into the show, man. And, and we've been talking a lot about you. Very excited to see your progress uh, coming into this season. So uh, let's talk about it, man. How do you feel coming into this season as opposed to how you felt uh, as a rookie? Yeah, you know, I feel a lot better going into this season than, uh, than I did last year. Really just because, you know, I feel like I just learned so much over the course of last season. You know, a lot of ups and downs, um, a, lot of, a lot of places to improve on. You know, being able to look at my entire body of work in my rookie year, you know, it was easy to kind of pick apart some of the things I needed to work on. And those are some of the things I attacked this offseason. So, you know, I feel really good going into camp. All right. And so everybody talks about Bryce Young and how important it is to uh, protect him and the size. And people just think, like, he has to have the great wall of China else he's going to crumble. Uh, but I guess first I would like to ask you, do you guys mess with him uh, about his size? Because I know the offensive line room can be relentless. <laughs> so do you guys joke with him about that? And just how excited are you to have a guy that you guys can feel very confident about? going under center. Yeah, I think you said it best. You know, we're, we're all, all of us are really confident in Bryce. You know, we never felt like his size has ever been a factor, um, really. You know, he obviously got the arm talent, some of the intangibles, like the leadership stuff as well. So, you know, I feel like he's just such a complete player. It's a shame sometimes people can't get over, you know, the size. But, you know, I think, you know, some of the things that he has, you know, it's really hard to measure. Does the O-line have any jokes to him about the nah. so No clowning. <laughs> no, <laughs> no clowning. <laughs> no, nah, no clowning. No clowning. Panther offensive lineman, Panther left tackle, Icky Kwanu, joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You said it was easy to pick apart some of the things you needed to work on this offseason. What were they? What were some of the strengths? What were some of the things you needed to work on a little more? Well, some of the things that, you know, I felt like I needed to work on just being more consistent. Um, definitely in my, when it comes to pass protection especially. Not letting fatigue be a factor at all. Not letting my fundamentals break down as the game progresses. That's kind of the biggest thing that I feel like I had to work on. And when you talk about some of the welcome to the league moments last year, I mean, you didn't get any break whatsoever week one immediately going against Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett's going to win some of those matchups because, well, you could argue he's the best edge rusher in the NFL. Now, not to disrespect any of the edge rushers for Atlanta, but I'm sorry, they're not Miles Garrett. How much did that help you kind of have a year after? All right, after week one, now... You know, really among the worst has gotten out of the way. That welcome to the league moment, getting better from there, and then being able to bring that into this regular season. What did that moment do for you to get yourself ready for what was to come in the National Football League? 
Yeah, well, obviously, you know, going against the best is something that at this level you definitely want to do, you know, regardless of, I guess, the age difference or the experience. So it's definitely a matchup I was looking forward to. Um, you know, obviously disappointing how I wound up uh, playing in that matchup. But, you know, I think overall it's definitely learning experience, you know, being able to look at myself, you know, look look at who I am against some of the best and kind of work from there. And I feel like, you know, going against guys like Burns and Haynes and, you know, Barno guys that we have on this team helped me a lot as well, uh, especially, you know, go out, going throughout these OTAs with them, you know, practicing against some of those guys has definitely been big help for and that's what I was going to ask you, too. Was Brian Burns a guy that you leaned on as far as when you were playing certain guys or just uh, breaking down tape and you would go to him and say, you know, just trying to get into the mind of the pass rusher a little bit? Did he help you in those regards? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I was probably a little bit, you know, prideful. You know, uh, Burns kind of reached out to me uh, first, which is something I definitely appreciate. You know, after beating me in a one-on-one rep, he kind of, like, working me a little bit from there. Uh, that's from last camp. And I feel like, you know, we kind of just growing in that regard, being able to kind of talk to each other about Technique, you know what we see. Um, so, and no, I definitely appreciate Burns kind of giving me the all of the, all of the branch a little bit. You know, reaching out mm -hmm. to me early. So, what was the, the one of the more difficult things about the rookie season? Because again, I, I work for the ACC Digital Network. I cut up a lot of tape of you, and so I would I would check you out, man. And you were just able to manhandle guys, and we know that's how college goes. And then when I would watch you in the pros, it would seem like sometimes the speed of the game when you would line up a guy, and then sometimes guys would just move so quick that when you felt like you had a beat on them and then boom they're gone in an instant like tell us about maybe how that was and then what were some of the the biggest transition from an in-game standpoint from college to now uh, I think, you know, some of that stuff can be eliminated with the footwork part of it, like I talked about earlier. Um, not thinking too much about my footwork, trusting my footwork. You know, we, we drill stuff like that every day. So, you know, going out there and not trying to be someone I'm not, you know, playing into my strengths, um, using my strengths as, you know, one of my, one of my biggest positives. Uh, so I feel like, you know, the footwork part of it definitely came a little bit slower, but I think more just slowing down the game for me in my head, not thinking too much, and I think that kind of helped my technique overall. Ike Kwanu, left tackle for the Carolina Panthers, joining us here in Spartanburg Sports. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Have you been paying attention to the Blueprint series they've been releasing out? Have you been watching those episodes? I saw the one where we drafted Chandler. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know what, you know <laughs> what I was yeah. about to ask. That's how exactly how what how I was about to do. Well, I mean, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, is saying, hey, what did Icky say? You know, when, when Chandler's up, we know Chandler texts Scott Fitterer. Scott was like, I've only had this happen one other time. Well, what did Icky say? To me, I kind of wrote that down as an interesting moment because you're a rookie last year. You're going into your second year, young player in the NFL, owner of the Panthers franchise. Well, I want to hear what Icky had to say, somebody that knows a lot about Chandler. And, of course, it was all great things, and I know you're happy to have him aboard. Did that kind of speak to you, anything about the owner asking your opinion about a potential draft pick when, when that guy is asking about your thoughts? Yeah, no doubt. You know, it kind of just speaks to, you know, some of the confidence that Mr. Tepper and everyone has, you know, within the players. You know, I definitely appreciated that. Having confidence in my input, you know, not not being too prideful to, you know, ask other people about what they think. You know, I definitely appreciate that and definitely excited to have Chandler on the team. My, well, you say you're excited. I know you're excited, but I want to know what you're more excited about. Is it the fact that you're going to have better access to his dad's food, maybe his food, or the fact that you might be able to play alongside him again like in college? I, I think it's all the above. <laughs> okay. Obviously, you know, Chandler. And uh, Mr. Zavala, you know, phenomenal cooks. Uh, I've experienced that firsthand, so definitely excited for that. You know, definitely excited to also have my boy in the locker room as well. You know, it's got to show the Wolfpack some love. I know y'all demon deacons, but no, I was joking. I don't know. Did you really believe that I played offensive lineman? You know, I had to be sure. joking. Yeah, right? be, yeah I was on that Jordan Gross weight loss. Yeah, is yeah. what I was. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, and we talked about it before the break as well. And I said, when I when I look at the lineman, we were trying to guesstimate. You know, we talk about food a lot on this show too, man, and, and how many chicken 
chicken wings that you can put down because that is a staple of an offensive lineman's diet. <laughs> said, and, mm. you know, to be able to put down a lot. How many would you guesstimate that you could put down in a, in a setting? That's a great question. That's a great question. I'm not really sure. You know, sometimes it really depends more on the feeling. You know, yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, I go for that little 20 piece and just kind of knock those down. That's light. Work, I might be though. feeling on, 10 in a burger. You know, you just off, off, season, depends, you know? off season just started. You're feeling good. How many we doing here? If I if I really want to just eat just to eat yeah. them, yeah. I could probably knock down like a good fifty piece. Probably okay. just sitting I'll there. Take there, we go. there we yeah. go. Yeah. The there we go. Yeah. But at least that's where it has to start. I'm, I'm gonna right. be sick for a few days eating all those. <laughs> I would <laughs> I would love for us. I would love for that to happen for all of us. Are you a dry rub guy, or soft guy, uh, sauce? Sauce, yeah, definitely okay. sauce. I like. Yeah, it's probably easier if you're gonna eat fifty. Probably easier than the dry rub, but I like both of them. Yeah, that seasoning might burn your tongue a little bit. Do you have any favorite wings that you've discovered around here? As a show, or in Charlotte, I should say. I say uh, I got a shout out Chex, Chex Grill. Yes, got, oh, got we are really a good. monster <laughs> fan, Chex. Yeah. That that made our day. Really good honey gold for sure. The honey gold, that's, that's the yeah. one I like as well. That's I'm a, a strawberry hot guy. Did not realize I was gonna love it, but the strawberry. I'm telling Icky, Word, please, okay. please try the strawberry hot. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Well, Icky, we appreciate the time, man, and, and we wish you the best this season. Definitely gonna be checking you out, man, and we feel like you're just gonna become one of the great tackles in the league this go. year, man, and we wish you the best. No doubt. I appreciate it. Thank right, you. I'll, I'll excuse the fact you went to NC State, okay? <laughs> I got you. Shout out Wolfpack. Keep listening to WFNC on 92.7 FM and WFNC.com on the WFNC app and by asking your smart device to play Sports Radio WFNC. Jeremy Chin now joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeremy, thanks so much for hopping on, man. How are you? Of course. I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing well. We appreciate it. Uh, first day of pads. Just how did that one feel, uh, putting on the shoulder pads for the first time in a while? I feel great, man. Uh, super excited to finally get pads on. So it's really the first day playing football. Now, as we have the big topics of conversation, I think a lot goes into what your role is going to be. And that's kind of been the piece of conversation over the last few years. So your rookie season, second in defensive rookie of the year, voting behind Chase Young. You're playing a lot of the back end, but also moving up towards the line of scrimmage. Now you have a new defensive coordinator after Phil Snow was here for the last couple of seasons. What have conversations been like between you two, defensive coordinator Jero Averro and yourself, about what your expected role is going to be? Um, you know, talking to Averro, he's he's very, you know, he's, he has a great defensive mind, uh, really great just football mind in general. Um, I think everybody knows that. So uh, really just for me personally, I just learn as much as I can from him. And wherever he has for me, um, just line up in that position. I know he, he sees, we've talked about my strengths and stuff. So he's going to put me in, in my position, in those positions, to, you know, towards my strengths. So What have those strengths excited. been? Um, you know, playing closer to the box. You know, obviously something I did, you know, early on in my career. Um, but, you know, also just playing in a slot and getting more comfortable there. And, um, you know, just certain certain things, you know, bringing me on certain pressures and really just moving around, changing the picture after the offense. Jeremy Chen joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And, Jeremy, everybody's been talking about Ezra, Evero, and this new defense and how you're going to be uh, unleashed, so to speak, like a role like you had in your rookie year where you're just all over the field. How excited have you been for that and just to get to this day with the pads on where you can really start making your presence felt? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been super excited. Really, it's, it's all I've really been focused on this offseason. Um, you know, just keeping that in mind during my training and everything, like just the motivation that's going into this season and just the opportunity. I'm super excited for the opportunity that's in, in front of this team and in front of myself as well. So what did you feel like 
it had to be frustrating for you because what did you feel like was missing from your rookie year? You won two defensive players of the month. You looked like a guy that was definitely on his way to stardom to a guy that people started to develop questions about. Um, you know, I feel like I was a lot further from the action. I uh, really didn't make those uh, explosive plays that I, I did my rookie season. And that's probably where most of the questions came from. But, um, you know, I'm here to answer any questions anybody has about me. Jeremy Chin joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Well, and I remember talking with Taylor Moten a few years back. So much conversation about what side of the line he's going to play on. And then when he said, finally, he was cemented at that right tackle spot, he said, yeah, there's a lot of clarity for me heading into this offseason. Like, is there anything different for you? Is there more clarity for you at all? And you're, or are you just tired of the questions, honestly, and you're ready to play football anywhere he puts you? I'm just ready to play ball. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Jeremy Chin joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. How's it been going uh, uh, against Bryce Young so far? Uh, it's been great. Um, really going against the offense in general, uh, lining up against Thielen, um, you know, trying to change up the picture against Bryce. So we're definitely making each other better every single day. Have you had a wild moment with him? Because uh, we know coming in all of, the, all of the things that we've heard about him every day in practice. But just from a defender's perspective, we know you guys can sniff out really quickly if a guy can play or not. What's been a wild moment you've had with Bryce or a wild play where you just like, man, this guy's the real deal? Uh, there's been a few of them. Uh, there was one today, he threw a ball. Um, I was on DJ Truck in the slide, he threw a deep ball, and it, it was the most perfectly placed ball I've seen. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that was just one example right there. Do you see this as a season for you that could be like a, a make-or-break type of season where you really want to etch yourself as one of the best players, best defensive players in the NFL? Yeah, I'll make no break. Jeremy Chin joining us here on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. A couple more questions before we get you out of here, Jeremy. Just I feel like depth at safety, it's a little bit more of a strength than it has been. Not that there's been bad players. But man, bringing over Yvonne Bell has been really impressive. I like what Xavier Woods brought to the team last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people high on Jamie Robinson. So the depth at safety seems to be a lot stronger than what it used to be. How do you feel about some of that depth coming in and how much will that help your role wherever you might play? Yeah, uh, it's a great thing, um, you know, being able to bring in Von Bell. Uh, he's such a smart football player and, you know, a, a really good football player. So um, having him and X back there just really facilitating, uh, it makes everybody's job easier. And last one for me, it feels like morale is just so different this offseason. I mean, everywhere you look, it doesn't matter what position group, it doesn't matter what coach you talk to, what player you talk to. I think so many people have talked about that. How about what your view is on the morale this offseason compared to offseasons in the past? Uh, yeah, it's not even been comparable really to me. Um, like you said, it, it's a whole new feeling. Uh, everybody, you know, we, we all want the same thing. We all know that talk talk is cheap, and then we got to come in every single day and put the work in. Keep listening to WFNZ on 92.7 FM and WFNZ.com on the WFNZ app and by asking your smart device to play Sports Radio WFNZ. Coach Lukabu, I want to get that right. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Lukabu. Lukabu, yeah. yes. Coach Lukabu, yeah. outside linebacker coach, joining us here. It's his first year with the Carolina Panthers, defensive coordinator at Boston College from 2020 to 2022 after coaching linebackers with the Bengals in 2019 in Mississippi State in 2018. How's that Spartanburg heat treating you? Man, loving it. I love sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, though. You know, it's funny that he says that. When we I were at the it. beach on Saturday, I told my mom, I was like, man, I wish it was a little bit hotter yeah. so you could get that sweat on. I do like the sweat. So first day of pads, then, I imagine you're going to get all the sweat that you can handle with all, those guys out there. All in the, day in the, long. They knew what time it is before they got here. So How would you say practice, uh, practice was today? Practice went well. We're on schedule. You know, um, there was, you know, the usual butterflies before you really get to play 
uh, real ball uh, instead of underwear ball, you know, especially for us up front. So um, everybody was excited to get to this stage. And so that was an interesting part, too. We were just talking about the anxieties uh, and the excitement that comes with pads. And for coaches as well, it's funny because I was going to bring up the fact that it seems like coaches, uh, their demeanors change as well when it's pad day. It's like they can sense, for lack of a better term, the, the violence in the air. You guys get excited <laughs> about that. Like, you guys are like, oh, it's pads now today. So uh, how excited or how anxious do you get about that, especially when you have guys that you haven't yet seen? seen in pads. That's that's exactly it. You you hit it right on the on the head. Um, you know, we're talking about real football now because for six months, uh, I think he would have made that play. Or, yeah, he might have gotten off that block. No. Now there's no woulda, shoulda, coulda. It's either you did or you didn't. So it's 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 fun, and that's what we're in it for. It's it's the reason why we fell in love with this game. Um, you know, it's it's one of the only games in the world where you can be this violent and, and be rewarded for it. And so a guy that I was thinking like that about up until this point is DJ Johnson. And so this is a kid that, that comes in, and a lot of people say that he's raw as far as some of the skills and things like that. But we know when I watched this footage, I saw a, a powerful player, a guy that likes to play with a lot of power. So is this a guy that you feel like you're excited about to see how he's going to do and he's going to do even better once the pads do come on? Yes, because you're talking about his strengths, right? We, we brought him here for his strengths. When you bring somebody onto your team, you're not bringing them because, hey, I want those weaknesses. No, we evaluate and we bring him in here, we watch his tape. This is what he does well. This is how he's going to help us. And one of his strengths is putting his hands on people and being and being physical and violent. So it was it was fun to um, watch him work today. You know, there's there's the small details and the subtleties that we got to clean up, um, and that's with the whole group. You know, because you're talking about six months for for a lot of guys where you know since you put your hands on somebody so there's a lot of rust there but um overall it was fun to see panthers outside linebacker coach uh coach lukaboo joining us here on the uh, body works plus guest hotline sports radio 92.7 wfnz anybody that you think has stood out in particular to you this offseason you know what um i still need to see more myself um i'm very cautious to 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 say you know that i feel like somebody's this or that because there's so much more work to do um to me it's all about being on schedule um you know I'm, I'm a big proponent of just understanding the process and going through the process and then those those big uh moments and games will, will will show themselves when when that comes well a couple of the guys that we get a lot of text messages through the text line on people that are interested to see what kind of role they can have this upcoming year one is amari barno because of the athleticism that he had coming out of last year and also brandon smith i think people are excited about what can you say about the two guys coming into their second year uh i mean you got two guys that are, that are really hard workers um obviously god god given tools and length um just ability so um you know we're just going to take it day by day with those guys um i work more hands-on with them with amari yeah. super talented kid um shoot i mean god gave him a lot um now it's you know it's my job it's our job to get it out of him all right, Coach, and then another guy that I know you love coaching, Brian Burns. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you seen from him that he's added to his game coming into this season? Because uh, the thing that I've talked about on this show is just seeing him get to a point where he can dominate offensive linemen on a down-in, down-out yeah. basis to where teams have to sometimes allocate maybe two, sometimes even three blockers. To, and that's, to me, what will take him to that next step with yeah. the Boses and guys like that. So what have you seen from him? So you're talking about a guy that's you know really physical gifted but he's also really gifted upstairs too he, ha he has a brain um, what I've seen the big leap in is how he can eliminate plays he's making it easier for himself because he's not trying to 
play 20 plays in the playbook. He sees a formation, he sees a stance, he says, all right, they're not running this, they're not running that, all right, this is my chance to go take this shot and go make a play. Very intelligent player. All right, and then last guy I'll ask you about, too, uh, Marquise Haynes. This was a guy we heard about through OTAs that was just making play after play and also added weight and things of that nature. Is he a guy that you could see stepping up on that other side? As yeah, well? love working Marquise. Uh, diligent worker. Nobody works harder than him. Um, he cares. Um, technician. He's... You know, before I got here, people talked about his size. He's he's way bigger than what you think. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a football player. He um, he lives for contact. He lives for ruining the offense's day. So I'm um, excited to finally get him back in there. Uh, final thing before we get you out of here. How do you feel about the pass rush opposite Brian Burns? It's been a huge talking point this entire offseason. You can feel good about it? Uh, like most teams, it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, you know, this is a this is a pass league, and you better affect the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So we're working on that right now. That's that's why we got training camp. You know, if, if I felt like we had it covered or Coach E or Coach Frank felt like we had it covered, then we wouldn't be here. All right. That is uh, outside linebacker Coach Lukabu right, joining Coach us here. Appreciate it, man. On the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Thank Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank Thanks. you, Coach. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. I'm really happy with, with the playmaking that I've seen out here in this first block. Some big plays, some big, you know, Shaq had a big-time interception today right in that team period. I mean, it was unbelievable interception. The DBs have made the plays that you spoke of. Von Bell made a big breakup. Um, excited about that. I think that's going to be a good group for us. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, 8 o'clockers, welcome aboard. Again, you miss, if you just join us, you missed two hours. We've been having a blast on this show so far. Tons of good Panther talk, college football talk, Biff, more Biff talk. As uh, we discovered CBS Sports Radio talking about Biff on a national radio forum. For six uh, straight minutes. Six straight minutes of Biff covered Charlotte fans. The guy is putting you on the map. Now, he's got to back it up with wins, but he is putting you on a map you were not on before. I think it's pretty cool. But anyway, check out the podcast uh, either at WFNZ.com, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the hours you miss if you're just joining us here in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, this will be a full tilt Panther hour. Augusta Stone live from Spartanburg, Panthers.com. She's been giving gr doing great coverage along with Darren Gann on Panthers.com of training camp. And uh She'll be on hand getting ready for the first padded practice of uh, the uh, training camp session today at 10-15. We'll also, this, this, is, this is Panther-related. Mark from Gastonia has been at multiple practices so far. He's been uh, sending out pictures on Twitter, Bone. He's been, all, he's been all about the Panthers. Problem is, we have come into uh, p possession of some very controversial audio, Mark and that annoying cowboy fan at training camp the other day. Mark will be facing a trial for Panther fan treason. That is coming up on 845. We want you to hear it. We want a jury of his peers to decide. Should he lose? Should he be penalized? Should he lose his Panther pep talking privileges? This will be an emotional trial. Bo. And God, God bless Mark. Yesterday I said, hey, Mark, you're going on. 
you're going on trial on the show. He said, okay, that's cool. And then, and then, <laughs> He's not most, stressed. Most people would ask, what did I do? He said, all right, that's cool. Then he said, all right, 845. Then he said, by the way, what I do? <laughs> and I don't know, Mac, if he has much of a case because he already said, all right, whatever I did, I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Oh, he might just admit it and just take his punishment. All right, but well, we got to play this for oh, our fellow God. Panther fans, and y'all can decide if Mark committed Panther yeah, treason. Throwing a beef waited on that, too, about his pep talker. Oh, he's not happy so about more, it? More, oh, okay. no, he's not okay. happy with the Cowboy fan. Okay, all right. Well, let's get into, before we do this, let's talk about uh, the guys that have actually been on the field doing something other than Mark. Mark uh, on the hill doing whatever it is he does. So let's let's talk about people, uh, some of the storylines, Bone, to come out from camp in the first three days and ask the question, are you buying it? All right. You heard Frank Reich on the way in talk about all the defensive guys that are making plays. Shaq's been involved. Von Bell's been involved. Keith Taylor's been involved. And C.J. Henderson has multiple interceptions including uh, one of Bryce in an 11-on-11 drill. Are you buying the C.J. Anderson Camp Hype 2023 edition bone? Uh, Here's the thing with him. I'll buy it to some degree because he is a talented dude, and he does have flashes where he's, you know, he, he shows that, but then he has moments like in Tampa Bay and other games last year when it got way away from him. Matt, the thing about C.J. Henderson is this. Horn and Jackson are the starters. As long as they're healthy, there has to be a certain level of play you need from those guys game in, game out. You need health and and productivity from those two guys. C.J. Henderson in his role, I'm not looking for a greatness here. I'm just looking for a guy that can go in there and almost kind of not mess things up when he's in there. I need a guy that can be okay to good. If he's great, that's fine. I just don't need him to have those moments like he did last year. He has those moments sometimes where it goes, oh, my, you go, oh my God, what, what are we doing? As long as he's serviceable and holds up for what he's asked to do, I buy that he can play that role. I don't expect greatness from him. I just expect the guy out there to at least do his part of what he's asked. I buy into that part. The big difference this year is it's a contract year. The Panthers did not pick up his fifth-year option, and he was asked about that on Saturday and basically said, I'm playing this season to get mine. My back is against the wall. And he says, this is when I do my best work. My back's against the wall. Whether that's true or not, we're going to find out. But you nailed it. He's too inconsistent. I don't want to act bone like he's was all terrible last year. Like there are moments, and certainly training camp, he was one of these stars last. This is this is why I'm not expecting full buy-in from any Panther fan listening, because last year for the whole camp, you could argue he was the he was the biggest story, and he went into the season and it was better than Jacksonville. It was yes. better than his first year, but there were too many moments like the Tampa game that, that just cost us. He had too many of those lapses and moments. He's so, almost like a, I don't know if I'm really buying it, man. Just show me. I want to buy. I want to think it's different because it's a contract year. Just show us, man. I'm not on here trying to toot your horn like I was last year. Maggie's almost like a bullpen guy, right? Where you don't need him to be the closer or dominant guy. You just need him to be the guy that comes in and sort of holds serve. It doesn't just something doesn't go awry when he's in there and it get, becomes a disaster. As long as he holds up and the other guys will do their part, a Horn and Jackson and the other corners that are in there, hopefully, you just hope that he holds up his end of stuff and it doesn't get ugly. As long as he's okay, that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. Just he's got to be solid. Yes, he's got to be solid. And unfortunately, with Dante's injury history, 
I hope I'm wrong. That's I have, the problem, a, I have yeah. a feeling he's going to have to start some games. And then in the nickel, you know, you're going to play. You, 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 they play nickel. Avero played nickel like 56% of the time last year. Panthers played it 70% of the time. Yes. You're going to need three DBs. Now, I do think Chin will be in that nickel spot a ton, too. Good point. All right. So, are you buying C.J. Henderson early on? It doesn't seem like anybody is in a hurry to make that purchase. How about this one, Bone? And this one's not media-driven. The C.J. stuff is media-driven. The media reporters are telling us that C.J.'s making plays. Uh, this one seems to be driven by fans. Probably you might want to get the troll bell out for him on oh, this one, okay. too. First time this week. Um, uh, the people trying to say that Bryce Youngbone interceptions are a, should be a big worry for us in his Come rookie on. year. He's got two and 36 throws in 11-on-11. He had one on one in one-on-ones the other day. Are you buying Bryce Young interception concerns three days into training camp? Uh, that would be hell to the no. <laughs> he's, a rookie, he's a rookie quarterback, and this goes to my point earlier, Mac, about camp coverage and the fights and all that sort of stuff. Interceptions in camp from rookies has gone on forever. It's always happened. Rookies take a while. But now every throw is analyzed. We see every throw on video. We know every play that happens where 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, we would read about it in the paper the next day and probably move on and not think much about it. But now we see stuff. We hear about stuff. This just in. Despite how good he is, how prepared he is, he's still a rookie quarterback. And it's his training camp. It's his new. He's new to all this. I think camp interceptions. You know what, though? With him, Mac, it might not be the worst thing because guess what? He's going to learn from those mistakes. This dude's going to work when he throws one. He's going to spend a lot of time analyzing that interception. Guarantee it. Because he's a, he's, a, he's a football bookworm. He's thrown two interceptions, Bone, so far in 11-on-11. In real, actual football. Without pads, by the way. With, but he's thrown two interceptions. One of them was a miscommunication with a receiver. Right? Yes. New, new, new quarterback receiver working together. It was like the second practice. They had a miscommunication, and C.J. jumped the route, and, 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 and the receiver didn't run that route. The other one, Bone, was apparently, I did not even see the, the highlight of it, but it was apparently a ridiculous play by Shaq Thompson. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I can't sit here and get worked up. And why do I feel like those are fans that didn't want Bryce to begin with, wanted C.J. Stroud, or how about this one, even better, they're just not Panther fans. They're just not Panther fans. Oh, I got two interceptions, and they want to use that to try to, to make this into some big deal. I actually think protecting the football is going to be one of these, one of the strong points of Bryce Young this year. I had only six picks last year. This just in. Rather throw them now than during the season. Get them out of the way. Plus, you guys know how I operate. Since I oh, am, oh, we do. Since I am Homer Mack. I tend to look at it like the defense is making plays. Like, oh, by the way, this defense that Bryce is going up against, we expect it to be pretty darn good under his year of arrow, too. Yeah, every, right? Maybe they're just good. Also, every batted ball is going to be debated as well here early on, too. That's It's not just the interceptions. Every time a pass gets tipped at the line or something happens that look like it might be height affected, whatever occurs on the field, that's going to be something we got to deal with here for a while. All right, so here's another one, Bone. We are asking the question, uh, Do are you buying? Are you buying these uh, statements of camp hype? How about this one? Camus Grugier-Hill, Boney, back up inside linebacker. 
needs to play on defense. That is from the words of Shaq Thompson. Said he's a silent killer. He made two picks early in camp of Andy Dalton. And Shaq says, this is not just a special teams dude and a backup. This dude needs to play. Are you buying this Grugier Hill hype? Well, it's coming from Shaq Thompson, who plays the position, and <laughs> you got to kind of take it a little serious, I guess. He's he's ty- he's typing up a guy in his own position group, but that's an area of the team, Mac, where defensive end and, and linebackers, you can. We were waiting to see, hey, who are some guys that emerge in camp? Brandon Smith's a guy we talked about a lot. So yeah, I think that I I, I buy that him playing a lot because. I think that's the spot on the team, the linebacker spot, where I think there's a little bit of room for him to to make some hay there on that. Listen, he's a veteran player. You use the word solid. You want C.J. Henderson yeah. to be solid. Just play, he's solid. He's a solid pro. If we have to play him in the middle, I'm not I'm not dying like, oh, he had two interceptions, Andy Dalton in camp. I got, this guy's got to be a starter. Let's move things around. Like I'm not I'm not at that point. But like if we have to play him at times. I feel good with it. I feel okay with it. And by the way, these are positions where people are questioning health. Cornerbacks, uh, secondary guys stepping up, linebackers stepping up. There is the possibility that if we don't go get another edge rusher, and I saw Fitterer talking to the CSL guys, Kunkel and those guys this weekend, still saying, hey, we might go out and get someone. You know, But as of right now, those guys are competing, but we might go out and get someone. But if they don't go out and get someone, Bone, I could see the slide Luvu over to the outside linebacker spot, and Grugier Hill and Shaq are the two interior guys. I could see that lineup as a possibility. Can I defend Andy Dalton's interceptions back? Sunscreen on the football. (laughs) (laughs) As a a member of Pale Nation, trust me. (laughs) For many INTs when sunscreen got involved. SPF 150. That'll tend. You got to use that, and that'll affect your grip on the football. Because I don't don't want to pull back the curtain too far for new listeners, but I'm a very pale man. Why am I so white? <laughs> Actually, though, I've been working on my tan a little bit. Uh, I think you got Andy Dalton, though. I think you got him. All. Even while he's doing training camp, I think you still got a better tan than wait, Andy Wait till I meet my friends at Pale Nation next week, Mac. <laughs> Hayden Hurst, Johnny Hecker, you should, Andy Dalton. You should have your own pale ale. I just thought about that. Get a local brewery to give T-Bone's pale ale, baby. Tremendous idea. <laughs> my last one, Bone. My last one. Yep. Are you buying training camp storylines? Are you buying that the first training camp fight happened between tackle Jordan Coleman and, uh, or no, tackle Larnell Coleman <laughs> and linebacker Jordan Thomas. Are you buying that that was a fight, Bone? I, I view that as a slight dust-up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a ranking system that's on the slight dust-up scale. So that's did, that didn't even get to Frakus for you? Not Frakus, no. D- did it get to uh, Donnybrook? No, but Nikki Bozeman pointed out, Max, she was watching... Uh, her husband, Bradley Bozeman, from the stands. And I think there's a video somewhere. Right away, when the slight dust-up occurs, Bradley Bozeman goes and finds Bryce Young. Leadership right he there. He goes over and protects him? Yep. Oh, nice. He, I he, like he, that, he looks, Big he looks for him. That's that's leadership right there. And that's stuff that we may not always look at, but that's that that matters. That's I think we nice. have the perfect word to describe what happened, by the way. Archie Bargy. Yeah, yeah, Jess. That was a little Archie Bargy. <laughs> All they were doing is shoving each other. So I kept hearing the other day we've had our first fight at camp. I see, that can't be called a fight, man. You gotta sw- Don't you have to swing for we, a we, fight? We, and I don't want to see that necessarily. I've seen soccer dust-ups that were more of a fight than yeah, that was. Yeah, you saw it the other night. Yeah, yeah. By the way, speaking of soccer dust-ups, is Ashley Westwood not involved in every one of them? 
And Charlotte FC game? 100% of them. That is, he is one salty Brit man. He gets right in there and he'll take care of you. Kind of like Jess when I picked her team to win the Women's World he, Cup. He, salty. He leads the league in RGs and Bargies. <laughs> Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. A lot going on in the city as well, including Charlotte FC's big victory over Nacoxa on Saturday. And it's our pleasure to be welcomed on the VitaWorks Plus guest hotline by their president, Joe LeBou, who joins us to talk on your home of Charlotte FC, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. What's going on, Joe? Congratulations and uh, glad to see that we're through to the knockout stage. Thanks. Well, it's good to see you, man. It was good, good chatting on uh, Saturday. Maybe we got to do that more often, pre-kick. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Uh, what does it mean to be still playing in this tournament, which I know for you guys has been kind of a learn-on-the-fly type scenario with uh, a lot of different things going into it, but uh, it's great to see the on-field product uh, shining in the way that it has over the first two games of this tournament. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the team is the team is earned you know the the, the right to, to to advance obviously um penalty kick went out in dallas was it was a big deal and to come home and have a decisive victory on saturday um you know really speaks to to, to sort of the evolution of the team um you know you you want to start playing your best now i mean i I've, I've been on with you before we've talked about some challenges we've had this year but uh you know come in and, and take this take this tournament seriously, um, go out and win games, build confidence. Uh, it's been great to see. I know that with the injury to Enzo Capetti, uh, the onus was on the other two DPs to step up. And I think uh, you've seen it from Carol Spiderski throughout, and we're starting to see it again from Camille Josephiak. I know Camille had the, uh, the injury in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but uh, seeing those two really kind of take some ownership, it's been real great to see the way they played. And Spiderski's on some kind of heater right now with the goals <laughs> and the ones that he's assisting with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had we've had we've had our fair share of injuries across the roster this year, and you know it's been a next man up attitude every single match. Um, you know, and look when you've got when you've got players of the caliber of of Karen, Carol and Camille, um, you know, to see them step up and and do what they need to do is really really important. I mean, ignite the fire under everyone, and you know, it's it's a professional attitude to to, to see the way Camille's you know, battled back from a few setbacks this year um, is, is is great to see. It's inspiring. I mean, you know, the work to get back. And when you get back onto the pitch, he was in such good form earlier in the year. Um, I know he was frustrated uh, being off, but to come back on and, and to compete and, cont- and to contribute, um, you see the chemistry those two particularly have. But, um, you know, hats off to the entire roster. I mean, we had some some players once again shine on Saturday um, in some big spots. You know, Andrew Privet, for example, coming off, you know, Crown Legacy season this year. He's been, he's been performing at a, at a high level. And see what he's done the last couple of matches is a huge, huge testament to the club. It's the player pathway we talked about. Um, it, it's a lot of good building blocks that the fans should be proud of. So 
the game Thursday is going to happen at Toyota Stadium in Dallas. So Charlotte FC goes back to the scene of their first win in this tournament uh, when they beat FC Dallas, as you mentioned, Joe, on penalties. Uh, I know that we had the option to host, but because the building is occupied during that time, uh, we do not. Well, what can you tell us about how we got to playing in Dallas against Cruz Azul on Thursday? Yeah, just, you know, obviously not what we wanted. I mean, we earned, we earned the fact, we earned the right to, to host a game at home, but, you know, uh, due to, due to the scheduling conflicts here at the stadium, you know, we can't. And, you know, as I explained yesterday, I, you know, I put a post out on social because, I mean, fans were frustrated, rightfully so. I think, you know, we're all frustrated. We all want to play here in front of our fans because it's the best chance to win. It's, it's better. It's less travel. I mean, all, all the things that, that make playing at home beneficial. Um, unfortunately, we can't have due to the fact that, you know, there were prior stadium engagements, you know, a concert that's going to be here next week. It was, it was booked in May of 2022, you know, and, and uh, you know, working through an inaugural League Cup season is a challenge. Um, you know, we got a, we got a block of dates back you know, late, late fall, um, into the winter that was essentially a block from August 1st, to August 19th. And you look at that, that block and then, you know, you immediately start thinking, all right, this may be a challenge. You know, the concert's going to be there. You've got to fit Panthers events in there too. You know, it's, and it's a collaborative effort between the league, um, all the entities involved. And, you know, for us, unfortunately, when the schedule came out, which was very fluid, you know, the only thing that we knew back in March was we were going to host on July 29th. You know, we didn't, we had a block for these, these knockout round games. We didn't have a specific date. And when we got the date ranges, unfortunately for us, it was really the, probably the one, one point in August where we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, change. And we, we looked, we evaluated, we tried, we, we came up with certain contingencies and trust me, we explored all options. You know, the concerts come into the stadium. They require it requires a few days, obviously, to to load in, to build, to prepare, and then they've got to break down on the back end of that. You know, if you play in an indoor stadium, for example, in domes, the, the flip times, you know, you can probably speed it up a little bit because you don't have to build any 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 time in for for weather, for example. If you look at the forecast next week. I mean, there's some rains, there's some storms, there's things you've got to consider when you're an outdoor venue. And again, this is something that was, that was booked back in May of 2022, you know, tickets were sold for that. This thing was in motion. We sort of got to build around it. And obviously next year, we know a little bit more about League's Cup. We understand. I think the league is learning too. So because of that, there, there were, there were already plans. There were neutral site venues that were pre-selected. The league went out to the clubs because we are not the only club in the league that has this issue. I can assure you of that there's other clubs and I was on calls last week with the other clubs with issues too. Some, some, our fans may, may learn some maybe aren't playing anymore. So you're not, you're never going to know, but this is an isolated Charlotte incident. The league had plans and, you know, Dallas is one of the stadiums that sort of raised their hand and said, Hey, we'll host either an MLS club that cannot host, or if there were two Mexican sides playing against each other, they, they offered to host. So, you know, uh, unfortunate, but 
like I said, we, we've got it. We've got to play with the hand we're dealt. Definitely so. And uh, part of the reason, I think it was the three Texas uh, venues and Orlando were the ones that were uh, in our region. Uh, your statement online did say about uh, potential other local venues uh, potentially mm -hmm. were exhausted. What were those and, and why didn't they work? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we explored, you know, when this when this scenario looked like, oh, you know what, it, it might happen. You know, we got with the league and said, look, we understand we understand that the neutral site, we agreed to it, but if there's something that we can do, would you allow us to explore? They did, you know, we, we went to local venues and what it comes down to is you know, there's a certain, there's a certain level of amenities and capabilities at buildings that, you know, the league is requiring. And, you know, I, I too saw online people like, just go play the college stadium, you know, go, go play Memorial. And trust me, we looked at these places, but at the end of the day, for one reason or other, the venues weren't, they weren't able to host. And, you know, some, some were, some were broadcasting capabilities. And even some of these stadiums where people are like, well, there's college football games. They're on there. This game for us in particular, it's on Univision. It's on linear television as well, because Cruz Azul is playing. So it was another, another added element that needs to be considered by the league. And we pushed, we did our diligence last week and, you know, they called us back Friday and said, Look, we've got to stick with the original plan. Y'all win tomorrow. It's kind of that's what's going to happen. So, you know, again, we we tried, um, but this this was something that was that was pre-planned. I mean, people, other other teams had to plan for this as well. Um, again, we're, it's not isolated to Charlotte. Yeah. The, the other uh, question I'll ask is is again, there were a lot of drivable places, like you said, that the colleges locally, uh, Atlanta was one that was brought in. So there was, mm -hmm. there was nothing necessarily that was a, a drivable one that, that you guys could consider that, that, that worked at least for you guys. No, not a, no. I mean, we, again, we looked, you have to understand too, in order to make that happen, you've got to mobilize the broad, the right broadcast people. There's, there's the, the teams, for example, the league on next teams, they're essentially on the road for a month. Mm -hmm. they're, they're very nomadic. They don't have a home. So when they come in, you know, we've got to provide them a place to play that's to the level that the, the league's cup requires, and, and rightfully so. So, you know, to have these conversations over the last couple of weeks, really in the last week or so, is we were scrambling and trying, again, and pushing the envelope, um, ultimately it just came down to just – not not enough time. Not 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 the right venues. And you know we needed we needed an MLS ready a venue. And fortunately, ours here in Charlotte is is not available for. Yeah. Unfortunate, but uh, um, I know the team's going to definitely put forth their best effort in uh, in Dallas against Cruz Azul. Uh, I know the transfer window is up here uh, at the end, uh, at least middle part of next week. Uh, what can you tell us about the business that uh, Zoran and the folks on the club side are doing to try and uh, potentially add to this squad as the window comes to a close? Yeah, still evaluating. You know what 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 could be a potential fit uh, for our team. I mean, based on need. You know, based on players that, that 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 not only fit into our system but want to be here as well. You know, and and there's conversations happening right now. You know, you've heard Zorn talk about it. Uh, Christians talked about it as well. And it, it is a big week, so hopefully we've got news to come. Um, you know, we we should have uh, Brecht in town soon, which will be great. Um, you know, that announcement was made a few weeks ago, and uh, you know we're always looking to become better. 
Joe Labou, president of Charlotte FC. I know that the situation's been difficult with uh, with the hosting stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate the the candor, appreciate the openness, and uh, and coming on here and talking about it. And uh, we know you guys are going to go out there and give them hell on Thursday against Cruz Azul. No, thanks, Willie. Yeah, I appreciate it, and we do appreciate all the support out there and the fans, and understand the concern and frustration that comes from a really good place. You know, I just want everybody to know that we're trying our we're we're trying hard here. We. We left no stone unturned, and we're being as transparent as possible. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.